Welcome to another episode of Harvest Series, a podcast following a four-day experience in Kaplankaya on the southwestern Asian coast of Turkey, filled with fascinating talks and workshops to harvest knowledge and nurture the planet, an event produced by Athena Advisors and Capital Partners. With radical inclusion, truly anybody can and we hope will enjoy, find something that they can enjoy in Burning Man inspired space. And so there is sure some people who come because they're drawn in by the image of sex, drugs and rock and roll. And then what we found is pretty much universally, it goes so much deeper than that. And, and their minds expand so much further beyond that kind of flashy, sort of touch point that is the very superficial image of what we're doing there, right? And so what I see when I look at Burning Man is uh, a chance for transformation to be embodied in each individual. I'm Rose, a French journalist based in Barcelona. And this episode is an interview made in Caplancaya with Erika Blair. She's an associate director at Burning Man Project. She's helping the Burning Man project envision how it can best contribute to the flourishing of people and the planet. Erika will explain what is today this international phenomenon that started when Larry Harvey and Jerry James burned an improvised wooden figure on a San Francisco beach in 1986, how it evolved and what the vision is for the years to come. I started the interview simply by asking What is Burning Man? It's a big question. Um, when most people hear the word Burning Man, if they know of it, they tend to think of the event that we do in the Nevada desert every year. Um, and that is an event where 80,000 people come together and make a temporary city out of nothing, where uh, we are able to experiment with the very edges of what creativity means in our day and age. And Burning Man event, Black Rock City in Nevada is just one piece of the larger Burning Man movement, which involves people all around the world coming together to gather, to live the Burning Man 10 principles and to create community in the places that they live. And so there are over 80 uh, officially recognized burns around the world and many, many more events and gatherings that are inspired by Burning Man and the Burning Man 10 principles to gather uh, in community and to really create uh, that extraordinary environment for transformation that Burning Man offers. So maybe we'll come back on the 10 principles, yeah. but Burning Man, who's a man? <laughs> Why burning the man? <laughs> and what is the symbol behind it? So it's actually, yeah, it's actually, uh, that's a great question. And there's actually no official meaning behind burning the man. It's up to interpretation for each individual in terms of what that really means for them and why they've come to Burning Man. And so rather than having a single meaning that we all get behind, it's kind of a blank slate for all of us to imagine what do we want to let go of? What are the things that we would like to see transform through the power of fire and uh, an opportunity for all of us to really look at ourselves and our own values and what we would like to bring forth when we are watching that spectacular display of human 
capability, possibility, and ingenuity. What is the um, goal of uh, Burning Man? Again, <laughs> if there is any goal uh, determined. Well, I think one of the interesting things about Burning Man is that it's a space holder for people to bring their own goals and their own visions, their own ideas. And so rather than having a goal itself, it's more creates the container and the opportunity for people to understand where their interests lie, where their passions lie, and to exercise the agency that they need to be able to bring their visions to life. So you were talking about the 10 principles. Yes. Are you able to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> With to tell them help. to yeah. me? And uh, I know there is one like leaving no trace. Yep. Can you explain them to me? Yeah, so leaving no traces, um, one of the, the primary principles in terms of the way that we interact with the environment. And so Burning Man, Black Rock City in Nevada is actually the world's largest leave no trace event. And so 80,000 people come, they build the most amazing, unbelievable, mind-blowing city that probably exists on planet Earth. And then in a week's time, it's all gone. How do you do that? It, we do it by every single person being responsible for taking everything with them that they've brought. And so that includes every little tiny microscopic speck of glitter. Um, it's uh, every single thing that uh, is brought to Burning Man leaves with the participants who come. And we have a very extensive restoration process that happens every year where people stay out there for I think it's over a month after the event is over, making sure that there is nothing left in the desert from whence the, the Burning Man event has arisen, which is uh, really powerful. And it's also part of why we're able to do this event on public land. Okay. Yeah. So very interesting because it shows like human beings are able to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. it's part of why environmental stewardship is deeply intertwined with Burning Man, even though, you know, what we are known for is, you know, destruction of this flaming man, you know, there's a really deep current of, of thinking about, you know, what could we do to leave the world better than we found it? And if you read the text underneath the leave no trace principle, it doesn't just say, take away everything that you brought. It says, leave it better than you found it. And I think that's actually an underlying current of the Burning Man movement in general is thinking about how we can do that broadly. Fantastic. There is something also about the gifts. Yes. So gifting is another one of the principles. This one is commonly misunderstood. When I talk to people about Burning Man who've never been, often they think that they would come and barter or trade for the things that they want or need. Okay, that's um, a game. Like, yeah, okay. and, and it's actually quite the opposite. This one works really deeply with another principle, which is radical self-reliance. And so the radical self-reliance is speaking to the fact that it's your responsibility to bring everything you need, to provide for yourself, to take care of yourself. And then in addition, the gifting principle asks us to do what we can to gift and to give whatever we have that we have uh, able to give. And so some of that can be, you know, your own labor, time, resources, energy. It can also be items. And so, you know, you will be walking around at Burning Man and there will be um, all kinds of things that are just on offer. There's no money exchanged within the event at all. And so once you get there, there is not a single financial transaction that you'll be completing while you're on the playa. The playa is the dry desert lake bed that we do the event on. Um, and so what that means is that 
you know, every single thing that's on offer is on offer because it's coming from the goodness of people's hearts, which I think is a huge part of what makes Burning Man such a special experience for people because most people have never gone to a place where people were just offering something without contemplating something in return. And so because we have that kind of non-transactional environment, it creates a much deeper trust and communion between strangers because you're never wondering, what are they trying to get from me? You get to relax into the sense of like, I'm getting to see everybody giving from the depths of their soul. And the sum total of that is a very beautiful experience to get to witness. What happens if you start, if you're being caught trying to uh, to do something, to sell something? Um, well, so, you know, I there's a very strong cultural code where that's not something that is permitted. And so most likely what's going to happen is that one of the other burners that you're interacting with is going to tell you what our culture is. And that's kind of the thing is that, yes, we have Burning Man Project, which is the organization behind the Black Rock City event in Nevada. Um, but at the end of the day, we're not there having eyes and ears on everything that's happening. It's actually the burners themselves that are creating and perpetuating the culture. And so you know, we actually don't have to do that much in those circumstances because people have such a deep embodied sense of what is the way to interact with one another inside of Black Rock City that the individuals themselves actually perpetuate the culture. That being said, you know, there's been a lot of uh, efforts inside of Burning Man Project to look at what kinds of transactions do we allow inside of the Black Rock City event? And so there's been a number of changes over the last few years attempting to make sure that people are not just coming to consume the Burning Man experience, but that actually what you're coming for is to co-create, to participate, to be part of generating the experience for others rather than just assuming that if you come in and have money that you're able to just buy a Burning Man experience and coast by as a spectator. You know, we're actually really um, looking deeply about how we can live into the participation principle as deeply, most deeply as we possibly and can. And how do you encourage this? How do you create this? What are the tools you're using or creating? So there's much like I said before, you know, it's part of our DNA our cultural DNA. And so when you come to Burning Man, ideally and typically you have been brought in by somebody that can help show you the way that you participate at Burning Man. If not, then we have plenty of tools, all kinds of informational resources about what's expected. But, you know, I think when you arrive at Burning Man, you kind of feel what the energy and the vibe is and what the culture is. And for most people, it's a very touching and meaningful experience to get to enter a new paradigm, to get to live a different way than they've ever gotten to live before. The culture of Burning Man is a strong one. If you've been there, you know it. Otherwise, you must probably have friends who came back with stars in their eyes. In Caplancaya, where most people come to share an experience of growth, with an international, open-minded community. No wonder many harvesters have already experienced Burning Man. What is great about Burning Man is that 
it um, creates in every person uh, a wish to evaluate in itself. This is probably one of the most conscious festival. Uh, first, because you are cut off the rest of the world. Second, because you are exposing yourself to uh, new conditions, not only the things, but the deserts, art, uh, and uh, meeting different people and living differently than from your the way of your life the rest of the year. So it's a great experience, especially for people that are creative, because it's open even more uh, creative uh, uh, capacity. So I've only been once, honestly, and I went, I think about eight years ago, and I absolutely loved it. And I, I don't know if I can say this here, but I don't take psilocybin or I don't take plant medicine. I don't take anything. So I, I went completely sober. And even then I was worried because a lot of my friends were in something, you know, so they experienced shit. And there's such a powerful community. The art, um, the feeling, the generosity, the openness of everyone makes the experience so delightful in so many ways that yeah it just shifts your perception of the world and then you start off i started believing in magic after going to burning man so you had like no trace gifting self-reliance uh non-commercialization we call it decommodification decommodification which is not okay. a word that exists even in english you'll get a little red squiggly line uh, when you try to <laughs> type it, it so okay yeah and so it's it's been uh, typically challenging to translate that one into other languages because we have burns all around the world other ones um that are really important are radical inclusion so the way that that's written is that anyone may be a part of burning man we welcome and respect the stranger and no prerequisites exist for participation in our community. Um, okay. I said in my talk today at Harvest that we came from a group called the Cacophony Society. And one of their principles was you may already be a member. And so there's something to that. There's something deeply seated, which is to say, if you wish to become a burner, the community is going to be welcoming to you. Um, in part because we respect the possibility for anyone to learn and grow to become part of our culture and to, to adopt it as their own if they so desire. Although I've heard it's becoming a bit more and more expensive and some people, I heard some people complaining a bit because you need to, to rent an RV for some people who are not from California, they have to fly. The bill at the end could be like uh, expensive, that's a price to pay. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's not cheap. And also, one, you don't need an RV. It, okay. that's, that's a myth. Some people choose that for their comfort. Okay. But there's all kinds of people that come to Burning Man. We do have ticket aid program for people who are not able to afford a full price ticket. Travel is obviously an expensive piece of the puzzle. And that's in part why we love to encourage people to look for what are the burns that exist much closer to where you are that might be more accessible mm -hmm. for you in part because, you know, one, it's we have a finite limit of people who can yeah, actually yeah, come yeah. to Black Rock City. And also because we want to encourage people to figure out who else is in their community who wants to live in this way with them and, and meet and make those connections in a more local way in addition to coming to Nevada. So what other principles do you have? Um, we have communal effort. 
um, which is all about creative cooperation and collaboration. And so that's deeply rooted in the fact that when we work together, we can create something that is so much more than the sum of our parts. And so when you come to Burning Man and you look around and you see what's going on, it's absolutely mind boggling the scale and the level of creativity and the just tremendous size and create and just absolute novelty that you see in all of the theme camps, art, art cars, et cetera, all around you. It's all produced by groups of people working together. And I think that's actually one of the things that a lot of people take most deeply from Black Rock City or from Burning Man space into their daily lives is that shared experience together of working with people to create. Um, and so it's a really interesting sort of fuser of communities that doesn't just happen when they come to Black Rock City and the playa, but actually allows those relationships to be built, those connections to be made in really durable ways that last long beyond the art that you're making or the art car that you're building. And the art that's been made in a Burning Man, you're not burning everything. Absolutely not. Okay, actually, so very small amount. What does it become after the art? Um, it depends. There's a lot of it that goes and gets placed in public spaces. There are various things that artists do with, with their art. Um, it's kind of up to the artist to determine what they'd like to do with the art that they make. And, um, and you know, I think it's just a handful that actually get burnt. Most of it then has a chance to have a life of its own out in what we call the default world, which is the world outside of Black Rock City or Burning Man's inspired space. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six. Six, yeah. so we're missing four, I think. Yep, so civic responsibility. Yeah. Um, that one's a really important one. It's about looking out for the welfare of others. And so, you know, a lot of times people try to equate Burning Man with anarchy. Um, and it's actually quite, you know, I think that it has its roots in an anarchistic impulse, but actually there's a very deep sense of um, communal care that happens where people come together and are really creating structures to help and support each other through what can be a very challenging experience for many people just from the elements alone, if not from the fact that your entire worldview may be melting down around you. Um, and so uh, one of the things that Burning Man Uh, offers is we've actually um, created a, over time a ranger program where there are people who uh, volunteer to roam the events. And this is not just at Black Rock City. This is at virtually all okay. of the Burning Man inspired events around the world. Um, and they're there to be supporters, to be helpers, right? They're not police. They are the people who are burners, just like you, who have volunteered to um, really take responsibility for supporting the community at the, at given whatever comes up. And so um, that's just one aspect of the civic responsibility impulse. There's also, you know, thinking about how we contribute to the larger world and what grows out of the kinds of things that we do in Burning Man inspired space and how we can think about the movement in a much broader lens than just what happens on the playa or in your local regional burn Um, but instead think about how the lessons that we learn in these Burning Man inspired places can travel and permeate the communities that we actually live in. And so <laughs> we'll we keep going down the list. Yeah, yeah. We yes. Um, 
participation. I think I mentioned yeah, it before. Mentioned it. Yeah. Um, to me, this is so deeply rooted um, that, you know, it is in fundamentally in, in part the basis of what constitutes Burning Man. So, you know, when you think about a traditional festival, Burning Man has typically shied away from using the word festival to describe itself in part because most people's association with a festival is a place where they come to be entertained. And at Burning Man or at Black Rock City or any Burning Man inspired mm-hmm. space, you are not coming to be entertained. You are coming to be the entertainment. And so every single person who joins is responsible for participating fully in some way and co-creating the experience. And so that doesn't necessarily mean you need to build art or, you know, give, you know, lead a workshop or something like that. That might be the right fit for somebody, but really it's a chance for everybody to reflect on what is the thing for them that really feels like the way to plug in and co-create and give of themselves in the most genuine fashion. So that when you look around, you're not just seeing the creation of a few that are being shared by the many. You're actually seeing what happens when everybody gives totally of themselves. And the two last ones would be? Um, We've got immediacy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So this one is uh, an interesting one. Originally, when Larry Harvey wrote The Ten Principles, he came back with nine. And uh, the people who were in the conversation at the time said, that doesn't make any sense. There needs to be a tenth one. And so (laughs) he went back and he wrote the tenth one, which was immediacy, and ended up being his favorite principle. Okay, interesting. Um, so it, can you explain? Yeah, yeah. and in immediacy, it's it's open to a lot of interpretation. The, one of the ways that I like to think about immediacy is, you know, if when you're at Black Rock City, you're, if, if you went all day, every day, doing stuff nonstop and didn't sleep, um, you would maybe see one-tenth of what exists. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's always something going on. There's always so much to be present for. And so if you have in your mind, like, I need to go see this talk, or I need to go visit this, you know, installation, and then you pass by something else amazing, the principle of immediacy encourages us to really drop in, to be present, and to witness what is going on around us so that we can be part of that moment so that we can act on what's right in front of us, so that we can be part of the broader experience that's happening around us rather than having some kind of agenda about some future plan that we're driving toward. It's rooting in the present moment and getting the chance to really understand the bigger thing that we're part of. And we'll conclude I'm trying to even see. I think we talked about all of them. Did we write it? Maybe I think we. I don't (laughs) know. One. Maybe we have the tens one. Yes, the ten ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, what about the image of you were mentioning in your talk in Harvest, the sex, uh, drug, and rock and roll image, or um, that could be intimidating for people who are um, a bit afraid of this, or even make people judging. Yeah. Uh, because they think, oh, who are this bunch of adults uh, yeah. dressing up and uh, partying all night? Yeah. So uh, can you explain 
if you assume this yeah. image or if you if you don't uh, agree with that? Well, you just made me realize the one that we didn't talk about, which was radical self-expression. Ah, perfect. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> um, good. Yeah. So I guess one of the, the fundamental things to say is that with radical inclusion, truly anybody can and we hope will enjoy, find something that they can enjoy in Burning Man inspired space. And so there is... Sure, some people who come because they're drawn in by the image of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then what we found is pretty much universally, it goes so much deeper than that. And, and their minds expand so much further beyond that kind of flashy sort of touch point that is the very superficial image of what we're doing there, right? And so what I see when I look at Burning Man is a chance for transformation to be embodied in each individual. And so whatever tools are going to be necessary for you to experience transformation, that's not something that can be prescribed by anybody else. That's actually your opportunity to root into yourself and understand where are your edges, where do you have more growth that you'd like to do, et cetera. And so, you know, there's a large set of opportunities and experiences on offer at Burning Man, and it's up to each individual to follow their curiosity, to choose which ones are going to bring the most growth and healing for them. And so but you know, psychedelics are part of this. I mean, historically, you know, it's been a, a major piece of what some people are choosing to do. And also, you know, one of the things that we're really careful to think about inside a Burning Man project is how can this experience exist far beyond the realm of psychedelics? What is the possibility for transformation for every single person who comes to Burning Man? And how can the technology of the gathering, of the community, of the art, of the movement, of all the things that happen at Burning Man provide the, the ground for transformation to exist, whether or not psychedelics are part of your experience. So it's, um, it's, it's in its own way, it's lending the elements to create those experiences for the actually probably, you know, majority of people who don't necessarily indulge in psychedelics when they come to Burning Man. Before the interview, Erika was joking that she would always forget one of the 10 principles when listing them, but she didn't this time. She's an associate director at the Burning Man Project and defines her mission as helping the Burning Man Project evolve its community engagement so that the event, community and culture may continue to thrive for another 35 years and beyond. So time to ask her about her vision what is the governance behind Burning Man and how the event is financed? Burning Man Project is a nonprofit uh, which was founded um, in the early 2010s, and that was in response to thinking about how Burning Man, the event and the cultural movement could be passed down from generation to generation. And so the nonprofit was the first step in establishing that. And so, you know, at the moment, what we're funded by is uh, the ticket sales to Black Rock City and also philanthropic donations. And so 
there's an opportunity for that to evolve and change. That being said, you know, we have 80 different um, so-called regional burns, which are Burning Man events that happen that are designated as official by Burning Man Project. And we don't have any financial transactional relationship okay, with so any of those other ones could be profitable. There's some sensitivity to the amount of uh, commodification that might happen there. Okay. Um, and also they all run with their own business models and structures. And one of the things that we've attempted to do is to be as supportive as possible to anybody who wants to create a space inspired and in alignment with the 10 principles. And so rather than create a transactional relationship with the other kinds of burns that exist in the world, what we've really tried to do is just play the role of attempting to help with the coherence of what the name Burning Man means so that people can come and expect something consistent um, across all of the different cultures that have been taking Burning Man and adapting it to the places where they live. You come from um, the branding universe. Is that your mission to uh, think about the brand of uh, Burning Man? <laughs> <laughs> Brand is kind of a dirty word inside of the Burning Man organization. So it's um, slightly ironic, but, you know, to me, what I think of when I think of the word brand is what people think of when and say about you when you're not in the room. And so it is in some ways deeply intertwined with the work I'm doing at Burning Man in part because what we're doing as a sort of movement inside of the organization right now is attempting to truly understand what are the pieces of the Burning Man ethos that we want to make sure uh, travel as a thread through all of the things that are related to Burning Man so that people really feel like they can have a sense of understanding and trust when they hear the Burning Man name being associated, that somebody's not going to be trying to nickel and dime them and, uh, you know, create transactional space inside of a Burning Man container. That's something that we are really clear is, you know, perhaps not an expression of Burning Man. Um, and so attempting to understand what does the next generation of frameworks look like beyond the 10 principles, which were created to help regional events describe what Burning Man was, right? That they, they were actually not created as principles before Burns started. They were written down long after Burns started all around the world to help communication and coherence and understanding of what tied each of these events together. There's a huge opportunity for us in the 2020s to look at what the next generation of frameworks, what, um, Would we want, you know, the organizations to look like behind each of these events? What's the most ethical way for us to collaborate more broadly um, inside of Burning Man Project and beyond? And so there's a lot of work to be done still and a huge opportunity for us to think about what, what do we think this thing's going to be in the future? And so, you know, in terms of understanding what do people say about us when we're not in the room? That's to me continues to be an interesting question, especially as the world is evolving around us and Burning Man Project wanting to be, you know, responsive to that change rather than, you know, just staying the same 
over time. What are the concrete uh, hot topics you're discussing at uh, Burning Man Project? There's three major ones. So the first one is what we call RIDE, Radical Inclusion, Diversity, and Equity. And so, you know, I'm, I'm American. This is a huge topic in the United States in general. It's also one that we're very conscious of at Burning Man, in part because we know from the statistics that we draw each year that we do not yet reflect the society that we are part of. And so one of our major initiatives and endeavors is to think about what it would look like and what it would take to make sure that we truly are radically inclusive, to that we truly are making space for anybody who wants to become a burner to feel like they have the opportunity, the psychological safety, the support if necessary to be able to step into that role. The second is sustainability. And so, you know, that this is a huge undertaking for Uh, an event of our size, especially. And we've done all kinds of different initiatives. We had, we first, we did an emissions inventory to understand really where were carbon emissions being produced within the Burning Man Black Rock City event. Um, what we found actually is that 91% of the emissions came from people traveling to the event. And so there's actually a huge sort of unseen tax on the environment of gathering people together. In part, that's why we're interested in thinking about, you know, how can more people access burns in their local communities? And also we're looking at all of the things that we do that comprise the rest of those carbon emissions. We've launched a program um, called Off Fossil Fuels, and which is um, aiming to fulfill our sustainability roadmap goals. We have a goal to be carbon uh, negative by 2030 and a whole sustainability roadmap that anybody who's interested in learning more can look up. And the last one is um, thinking about decommodification. And so really, what does it look like for us to continue to examine the things that are happening in the Black Rock City event in Nevada and make sure that our processes are not inadvertently creating a commodified experience. You know, there's a lot of criticism about what we call plug and play, uh, which is you come to Burning Man, you pay a lot of money, everything's set up for you. You don't do anything to create or give, and then you have your experience and you leave. And so we ran a process that was a two year long process to try to examine how we could address that problem. It was called cultural direction setting. And so that created a lot of standards for the organization to understand what qualified as plug and play. What are we actually saying are behaviors that we would like to discourage? And what is just somebody doing their thing in their way? And so um, there's been a number of policy changes, especially about what you can have delivered to the playa versus bringing yourself. And that's that work is actually just beginning in many yeah. ways. I guess it's uh, it must be very uh, challenging when uh, to keep the spirit of when so many years ago uh, two people burned uh, a man on the beach in San Francisco is grew so much yeah. that it's a real challenge to keep the same spirit yeah. you know, since a huge international phenomenon. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it's a blessing and a curse and like anything that grows and changes. Personally, I feel like the opportunity to have so many people who are um, 
sort of onboarded, who have had an embodied lived experience of a different paradigm, right? That's to me, the most exciting thing about Burning Man um, is that we're actually getting the chance to cultivate that depth of experience across such a large number of people. And especially when you consider all of the burns that are happening outside of Black Rock City, we, yeah. we have a huge supply and demand challenge in, mm-hmm. uh, in Nevada. And so, you know, there's only so many people that given our permits that we can actually accommodate on the playa. That being said, it's not the only place for people to tap into that deep root of experience that you can get in a Burning Man inspired space. And so um, while there are many challenges in terms of thinking about what we do now that our movement has grown and has uh, started to really permeate the culture around it so much, right? There's also, I would say, probably even more opportunity given that. Okay, wonderful. And do you think also about doing something for outside, uh, gathering your community, but outside the event? Absolutely. Um, So Burning Man Project has hosted many events in the past. All of that, uh, many of those have gotten put on pause in part because of the pandemic. We do do a lot of gatherings outside the event. They just happen to be for specific topics. Um, For instance, we gather the people who organize what we call theme camps, which are the camps that create activities and create public space at Burning Man. Um, We organize events around sustainability, et cetera. And also there are certainly more coming down the pipeline uh, that are, we're still figuring out, you know, and really asking ourselves what's needed. Where is the space for us as conveners to bring people together And what is the space for burners to host their own gatherings? They they may not need Burning Man Project to be involved. Um, And that's something that we love seeing is burners using what they've learned and igniting that kind of flame for each other rather than having to um, have Burning Man Project be the 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 only group that's hosting that kind of space. We're coming to our last question, the question I'm asking to everybody, mm-hmm. the harvest of the day. If there is one thing that gives you hope, what is it? I think it's the chance that I've had to witness how much agency people have and what can be created when people are able to activate and be inspired by their own capacity to create and do. One of the beautiful things about Burning Man is that it gives the chance for everybody to really deeply understand that they can be a person that creates and gives and does, and that hopefully that travels with them. Um, And so I think there's a thing around really deeply knowing and understanding how much each of us can give and have how much capacity that each of us actually have to make change um, that for me is really exciting. And I want more of those activated, switched on people to exist in the world. Thank you so much, Erika. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being with us and uh, enjoy Harvest. Yes, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode and Erika Blair explaining the 10 principles of Burning Man, the strong culture of the event. It's a space for transformation it offers to the burners and a vision to help Burning Man thrives for many years to come. If you did, please leave us a good review and follow us on Instagram, Harvest Series, 
or my account, Rose Harvest Series. All our podcasts are also filmed, so you can visit youtube.com slash harvest series. The next episode will be five minutes with Lily Cole. She is a model and environmentalist. She'll talk about the efforts of the fashion industry regarding sustainability. Until next time, 